Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it's that time of the week. We are talking UFC with Mr. James Evans. What's going on, James? Very well, thank you, Arch. Obviously, I'm I'm back in uh, Portsmouth, so hopefully we won't have the the dogs barking and my brother screaming this week. So yeah, should be all good, mate. How about yourself? No, I'm I'm doing fine, man. It's it's, it's a crazy week. We got everything going on. Um, Mm. So you're back in Portsmouth, which means are you drunk right now legally? Uh, No, no, not not right now. I mean, I I did have a bit of a a, a weird, messy one last night, but I knew I had to respect my limits because I knew I was coming on here tonight, uh, today. So, you you know, I can't be turned up to your show. Absolutely rat ass. I've I've got to show some respect. I love this. (laughs) So you you kept kept it under 20 shots last night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 19. 19. (laughs) That's your limit. 19 shots and you got to walk away. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, all right, man. So, yeah, you did well last week. Um, it wasn't as good as the week before, but still no, a no. solid profit. So, good job, man. Mm. Oh, no, thank you. Appreciate it. Hopefully, we can get some more. Well, we can get an even better profit today. Mm. So, this weekend. James, I'm, I'm going to talk frankly here. I'm looking, yes. at, I'm looking at this card. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't right, look like the on. best Lay one. On me. No, 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 not not to say the least. I mean, with no disrespect, if you've got Waterson versus Hill as the, the main event, you know something's not right. But <laughs> like I said before we started, we, we've got some crackers but um, on the prelims and on the main card. But other than that, you look at the main event, I mean, I'm surprised you'll even stay up for that because I most certainly aren't. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know if I can muster enough uh, you know, uh, <laughs> desire to watch Michelle Waterson versus Angela Hill. <laughs> <laughs> but if we are going to stay up and watch it, James, how's that fight yes. going to? How's that fight going to go? Oh, it, it's a tough. Like, with no disrespect to both, we're not going to be seeing like the, the most interesting of <laughs> fights. It's not going to be a great one, to say the least. I mean, with that being said, I think uh, I remember correctly last time I was up for Hill's last fight against um, Della, I think it was, and she lost for a split decision. However, she did perform really well in that fight, and I think many fans. You know, we're leaning towards uh, um, Hill in that fight, but yeah, she doesn't have the most impressive records. To say at least I think she's like twelve and eight. Whereas with Watson, obviously, she's been around the game for a while, as as has Angela. So <sighs> she's on, on paper, I'd say Watson's more of the veteran. You know what to expect from her. She's more of like a a striking expert in the department, and um, 
she has got um, UFC main event uh, experience before. I think this is Angela Hill's first one, but she had a main event against Paige Van Zandt a couple of years back. So she knows what it's like to, you know, have that main event, but this time it's going to be without the crowd and obviously the five rounds, it's going to be a bit of a weird one to see if she can sort of have that boat. Well, say with both women, they've got the cardio to last five rounds. I don't know. I think if Waterson sort of can get this fight to the ground, to the ground, to the ground, ground, try and get the ground and pound finish through that, then maybe we'll see a path to victory. But I, I don't know this fight. Like I said, it's not the most interesting ones on, on uh, paper, but mm-hmm. um, they're, they're both predominantly hard hitters. They're, they're decent strikers. Um, Watson does look for the takedowns. She averages at like a couple per 15 minutes. So that that's definitely in her back pocket. But I think if Angela is able to sort of survive the shots from Michelle early on, then maybe we'll see a, an, uh, an Angela Hill victory and I'm going to go for Angela Hill by decision. Wow. I never yeah. thought I'd hear you say Angela Hill yep. and victory in the same sentence. Like just <laughs> Hill by decision. She opened up as the yeah. favorite. She was minus 126. It looked. Yeah. She's minus yeah. 120 now. So she's getting yeah. a little bit better. Watterson's getting a little bit worse. She was 110. She's 105 now. Mm. Oh man. I, I don't know how to, how to do this. Like, I guess I'll really? I guess I'll follow you, Hill, yeah. in, in a decision. But this is uh, I, it, it's two bad fighters. I don't know exactly know what to, to what to make of it. So I'm just going to follow you. Hmm. We don't, yeah, 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 and we don't have the lines no. yet for all the props, like the rounds no. and, and the method. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, and I'll break it down over on the hmm. website or the app. So, hmm. and I'll follow you, Angela Hill. <laughs> no confidence no confidence whatsoever <laughs> all right what do, you, what do you got next up here obviously we've got next up uh Ottman as a tire versus yes. karma worthy now like i said this is probably one of the ones to look out for i mean mm-hmm. i think this is obviously a lightweight bout and obviously look at Ottman on paper he's 12 and 0 and he's just sort of burst onto the scene as of late he does give up that sort of reach advantage over karma and obviously like i said like karma he himself has also burst onto the UFC uh, on the scene recent uh, weeks and slash months. So uh, for this one, I think with both men, you know what to expect. They're predominantly more strikers, and they've got their they orthodox stance. They're very similar in terms of their approach. Obviously, you look at it on paper. Ottman, he's twelve and zero. He's going to have a lot of confidence going into that fight, but um, he does tend to sort of switch up styles in his fight, so that could sort of work in his favour in the fight with Karma Worthy. But I, I don't know. I think this one, I think with the, it's, it's, this isn't going the full fifteen. Mark my words, we're not going to get a decision. Mm-hmm. This one, someone's getting knocked out, and with that, I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. I think obviously Karma Worthy's got that little bit more experience. Obviously, he does have a couple of losses on under his belt. But with that being said, I, I you know I've been intrigued by Karma Worthy as of late. He's been such an interesting fighter over the past recent months, and he's you know so great in terms of his striking. He's got the brilliant ability. So I think all of his I think he's on a five uh, fight winning streak, Worthy. So oh, I don't know. I think like I said, it's evenly matched on paper. But I think with the way Worthy fought recently. I think it's going to be tough to beat him. But with that being said, Altman does tend to throw a lot of more significant strikes per minute compared to Karma. So, you know, can he catch Karma with a couple of early shots early on? I don't know. But I'm going to go for a Karma worthy by a second round TKO. Second round TKO. 
Okay. Yeah, second one. Okay. I got you in. Okay. Uh, Worthy opened up. Sure. Worthy opened up minus 132. He's minus 138 hmm. now. So got a little bit of, little bit of trend there. Maybe a little bit of money coming on him. Ottman opened up plus 115, plus 120 now. So pretty close. Pretty close yeah, either yeah, yeah. side. It, it looks to be close. I'm looking at the stats. I, mm. I, I mean, it it looks like I might give Ottman just a slight nod, just the slightest of nods. Yeah, yeah. But you think you think uh, Worthy can take it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, I I'll bet Ottman. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm genuinely not surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I've I have seen people back Ottman uh, over the last week or so. So yeah, yeah, no, why not? Why not disagree with me on this one? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the closer fights. It looks like mm. I mean, there might be another like one that's a little bit closer as far as ve- what Vegas yeah. thinks, but this is a close one. Hundred mm, percent. All right. Why doesn't he call himself the op- like the Empire Ottman Empire? That would be good. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know. You might have to ask him. Yeah. I think sh- he's Moroccan, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. We're moving on. Never, never mind. Never switch <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah. Next up, we've got uh, Roxanne Modafferi. Modafferi, sorry, excuse me, uh, against Anjali. Uh, I, I don't know, honestly. With this fight, don't expect you know absolute bombs from both fighters. I know. I'm not the biggest of fans of uh, Roxanne. Yeah, she's, I wouldn't. Well, she's borderline boring. Um, well, I say borderline. She is boring in terms of her fighting. I mean, she's 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 very big in terms of her height for her division, and she's got she racks up a lot of experience over the past you know decade or so. I think she's 24 and 18 in her professional MMA career, so she's got the the age in terms of the experience and in terms of a sort of fighting stance, she's like a, a, an orthodox, she has that orthodox stance and when it comes to striking, but she can also use that Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I think we saw that in the last fight, um, in one of her previous fights against, um, oh, I can't remember who it was, it was on my head. who was it? Uh, but she basically destroyed that, the rail of the hype train and many thought that the opponent was going to win and, you know, she, she managed to claw it out of the bag and we can see her at 37, she tends to mix it up and, yeah, against Macy Barber, sorry, uh, she lost her last fight but, like I said, she can mix it up at any given moment in the fight so that's going to be an interesting spectacle as to what Monteferi turns up. Um, but every time I see a fight, I just, I don't know, I can't, I cannot back her at all. I, I don't know, I always struggle to back her. And I think in terms of the striking approach, you know what to expect. They're both similar in terms of their sort of striking approach and their ability uh, in the in the clinch. And obviously when they're standing and trading, they're, they're okay. But I don't know, I think she's got a, they're both very inconsistent. They both don't have the best of records as of late. And I don't know. Don't don't expect, like I said, don't expect a really interesting fight with this one. I think Modafferi's best chance is to sort of use her Brazilian jiu-jitsu ability and, and probably with Lee, see if she can outstrike Roxanne more. And I don't know. I'm going to go for a lead by decision on this one. I'm not overly fond of this fight. Yeah. Well, Lee, Lee is right now minus 317. Modafferi is mm. plus 255. <laughs> yeah. So if you like... <laughs> It, I mean, Roxanne may fight boring fights, but if getting her ass kicked is exciting, mm. then you might actually like this fight because it looks like <laughs> looks like Vegas is saying yeah. that Andrea is going to beat the shit out of her. Ah, uh, man, you think it's a decision? Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not going to see a finish in this one. I don't think it's going to no. be a, a boring decision victory. 
see it's kind of a pattern this week isn't it let's see uh mm. oh yeah oh yeah i'm looking at their average fight times roxanne's average fight time is 13 minutes 56 seconds andrea lee's average yeah. fight time is 15 minutes looks like <laughs> we're really, yeah it. yeah we're cruising towards a decision i i'm gonna fo- <laughs> follow you on that one i'm following you on that one with the caveat is that i don't know what the what the actual you know odds are when we know what the mm. payout is you know i may alter that but you got that's mm. why you got to follow over on the website man 100 percent. all right so after that or before that snooze fest what's what's coming up uh we've got an interesting one this one uh ed herman versus mm. mike rodriguez and coming into this one i think ed's i don't know he's got a few disadvantages when coming up against mike rodriguez he's i think originally he, he's fought at 205 before but he's a bit of a a small competitor now in the division. When you look at Mike Rodriguez, he's a very tall in his division. He's got a long reach and he's like I say, he's got the height advantage and it's going to be an interesting matchup. You know what to expect from Mike Rodriguez at like, uh, at like heavyweight. Um, he's 11 and oh, I think he's 11 to four at the top of my head, Mike Rodriguez. And like I said, with Ed Herman, the best sort of bet for him in this fight is to sort of take the fight to the floor because when it comes to standing, and if they they will trade, obviously you've got that old adage where every fight does start on the um, standing. So mm-hmm. I, Mike's best bet is to knock him out, and obviously Ed's best bet is to sort of get the fight to the floor and frustrate him. Um, and nine out of his eleven victories with Mike Rodriguez have come by via a form of knockout, and he is a very explosive in terms of his striking. So I think based on his. Yeah, Based on his sort of height and reach advantage, I'm leaning towards Mike Rodriguez on this one. Obviously, there is a path to victory for Herman on this one. If he can sort of get the fight to the floor early on, maybe get the submission and all grind it out for a decision, I don't know. But like I said, Mike's best bet is to sort of be aggressive in terms of his striking approach and sort of try and get the finish early on. I don't think it, we will get an early finish, though. I think Mike Rodriguez will get it done in the second round via TKO. Second round TKO. All right, uh, Mike opened up. Let's see, minus two twenty. He's minus two forty now. So mm. pretty quick, pretty quick jump from <laughs> from a a big favorite to even an even bigger favorite. Uh, Herman is open one eighty five. He's plus two hundred now. Looking at the stats, I can't disagree with anything you said. I, I it looks like Mike Rodriguez is going to win this one pretty handily. Um, yeah, yeah. Second round TKO. All right, I'm going to follow you on that yeah, one. Okay. I'm going to assume that's a good payout. Just gonna assume that's a good payout. <laughs> hey, so what's up next? Is it is it the Billy Quantico or Quantel Quantero? Yeah, Billy Quantio versus um, Carl Nelson. Um, I don't know. I think going into this fight, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the return of Billy. I think when you look at it on paper, I've seen his last fight. He won via decision against Spike Carlisle, and many people were saying how you know Spike was this upcoming like he was the next. So not necessarily the next big thing, but next prospect in the UFC and really managed to get the the dub on that night and coming into this one. I don't know. I think I'm, we, we may see another decision victory. I, I, this is going to be such a really good fight on, on paper. And uh, in terms of uh, watching Billy, uh, it's, it's tough to go against him right now. He's unbeaten in seven. He throws a lot. And he lands, just me when I say this, he lands over like, seven significant strikes per minute and he's very accurate in terms of his percentage. I think he's got 79% uh, accuracy in those strikes. And when it comes to Nelson, he doesn't tend to throw 
throw a lot in terms of his striking. So that's probably going to be the key factor in this one. If who could sort of outland who and outpoint who, and I don't know if if Billy can sort of outpoint uh, Kyle in every round, then maybe we'll see him get this one done via decision. That's what I'm leaning towards, but uh, uh, Billy Quantier via decision. But don't be surprised if he gets to a late finish, maybe. But yeah, I'm going for a Billy via decision. I'm looking forward to seeing him step in the ring again. You're right. Billy lands a ton of significant strikes per yeah. minute. And, you know, Kyle doesn't throw as many and he's not as accurate. No. So, no. <laughs> and Kyle, and Kyle, well. yeah, and Kyle's good at absorbing strikes per minute, too. So he just, <laughs> so Kyle's going to get pounded, it looks like. And it's no surprise. Uh, Billy opened up minus 207. He's minus 240 now. Whew. Mm. Kyle opened up plus 175. He's plus 185 now. So it looks like a pretty one sided fight. I got to follow mm. you again. Gotta follow. I don't. I don't see how Kyle can win this fight. You think decision, but don't be surprised if there's a late round, like third round stoppage. You think? Yeah, yeah, third round stoppage. I mean, we we just discussed it. Then obviously, yeah. Kyle tends to absorb a lot, yeah. and uh, he's just throwing nonstop. So don't be surprised if he connects with that chin late on. You know, you're not going to take a lot of. If you take a lot of shots from Billy, you know, eventually he might get knocked out. But yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get like a late finish. All right. We have a message to you in a comment here. Can you see the screen? Um, yes. I, I understand yes, this I is English, but I don't quite understand what this means. What Viva James Evans running down the wing hearing yeah. Chelsea fans sing Viva James Evans. What is that? What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> it's, it's like a, a, a soccer, fan, uh, well, from your sort of perspective, we'll call it soccer. I'm calling it football. It's like <laughs> a, a football chant sort of thing. Um, complimenting me it's, yeah okay, it's like a go. traditional like hooligan chant oh there you go as the english call it yeah so the chelsea fans so, yeah, th- they must love you james i the guy that just commented i don't think he's a chelsea fan i think he's a, a manchester united fan oh no so no a, a big rival but yeah <laughs> moving swiftly on okay <laughs> I, could, I can go on for hours about this sort of rivalry all right but manchester united that's like the scumbag that's like if you're a jerk you like that team because they're like the most popular team right the most famous team uh in england in terms of history yeah, yeah. they're probably the most successful in england right. i it's, think over the years it's like being a new york yankee fan like oh look at you. and when you don't live in new york right it's just yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, so we call them them uh, glory supporters <laughs> all right <laughs> well all right there we go yeah anyway moving swiftly on mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously, next up, this is the feature bout in the prelims between Matt Chanel and Tyson Nam. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a tough one to call. Um, I, I've, over the past couple of bouts, I've really underestimated Chanel a lot, and I've sort of gone against him every time he's been competing inside the octagon. And I, I, I don't know, he's very inconsistent in terms of his approach. I, I, I just don't know what to expect from him, but... It's a shame he lost in his last bout in December, I believe, to against Alexandra Pantoja via a knockout. I think with his best bet in terms of this fight with Matt Chanel is to sort of get the submission because uh, eight out of his 14 wins have come by a form of submission. And if he does get the submission, he, you know, he tends to sort of shoot for the takedown very early on. And he's secured a lot of first round submissions over his career and his UFC tenure. So I think he's ranked number nine in the division right now. So in the flight division. So in such a weird sort of division right now, I think we've got Davidson Figueiredo as the current flyweight champion. It's, it's, it's such a tough one to call. So I think with both men, 
they're going to be wanting to sort of stake a claim and sort of get them themselves out there. Whereas you look at Tyson now, he's a more experienced fighter. He's 36. I think he's like ranked number 15 in the division. Um, and 19, he's got 19 wins in his professional career. And 11 of those have come by a form of knockout. So I think with best bet for this one with Tyson Nam is to sort of defend the shots, keep the fight standing and look for the knockout because in terms of the flyweights, you know, there's very few in that division who can hit hard. And Tyson is one of them who can, you know, knock the living daylights out of you in an instant. So it's, it's, it's that traditional striker versus grappler matchup. And predominantly over the years, we do see um, grapplers come out on top. But uh, with this one, I don't know. I think... Schnell, he could sort of get the decision if he can sort of take the fight to floor and frustrate him for the 15 minutes. But don't be surprised if we see Tyson Nam come out guns blazing right from the get-go and maybe even get a first-round knockout. And I'm being very optimistic in this approach. Um, I am going to go for a Tyson Nam for a first-round knockout. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's a traditional striker versus grappler. Why, why don't the strike? Why, we need a striker victory. So why, I'm going for a striker <laughs> in this one. So Schnell, <laughs> uh, first round knockout. If that doesn't come, no, no, th- uh, Nam. Nam, excuse me. So if, if that doesn't come through, then it's a Schnell decision. Is that what you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 100%. You know, if he doesn't get it done early on. Without knowing what the lines are, I think there's a really good chance that you could probably bet both those outcomes and still turn a profit. Because yeah, this, is, this is probably, this might be the closest one. Uh, Schnell opened up plus 100 even. Nam opened up minus mm. 115. Nam's now minus 114. Schnell's minus 101. So it's negative number yeah. both sides. So this is truly as close to a coin flip as you might get. I mean, Schnell's got a mm. 50% implied probability right around there, 50 and a quarter. Nam's got a 53% implied probability. So yeah, oof, this is tough. This is tough. I'm looking at this yeah, and I tell you, yeah, it looks like I might give the <laughs> nod to, to Nam too, just ever so slightly. Just look at these stats, but God damn, this is close. Mm. All right. So my advice yeah, is, no, my advice is let's wait and see what these lines are, the decision and the first round KO and see if we can just jump on both sides. Mm, yeah. Come Friday, you know, hopefully we'll get round by round. Yeah. Uh, odds. Oh, and we, the lines will sort of, yeah, we will. We'll get there. All <laughs> right. So next up. Uh, I think it's Julia Avia versus Ciara uh, Eubanks. Yeah. But yeah, my notes are completely mixed up. But from what I've got on, on the internet right now, that's the, the fight the women's band went up next, I think. That's what I've got listed, so. Yeah, I, yeah, so, yeah it's to, um, again, I think we were talking about this last week or two weeks ago. <laughs> you look at Ciara on paper, her record is abysmal. I, I, I genuinely, I can never back her every time she steps into the octagon because you just don't know what to expect. It's crazy. Um, it's, I don't know. I think with Eubanks, I expected her to have had a lot of problems in her recent bouts, but we've seen her come up clutch against Sarah Moraes over recently in May. That was the last time we saw her. She's lost to the sort of the top contenders in Beto Carrera and Aspenad. So every time she sort of steps up against the sort of better, more well-rounded fighters. We've sort of seen the lose. She's got that win recently, like I said, against Moras. That might give, give her confidence going into this one with Julia Avia. But with Julia Avia, I mean, she's 8-1, and, and I think she, 
she's going to cause a lot of problems for Eubanks in this one. I think she's she's very capable, Eubanks, of grinding out a decision. But with Avia, her sort of cardio, she, she can last for the full 15 without really tiring. And she's dangerous throughout the full fight. And I think that's going to cause a lot of problems for Eubanks because if we do see Avia keep pressing and keep pushing right from the later rounds, that's when we may see Eubanks start to fade and sort of struggle. I think with Eubanks, his success is probably going to come early in terms of the grappling exchanges and her jiu-jitsu pedigree, but um, we've we barely seen her sort of get the submission victories in the UFC. And I think with Avia, I think, like I said, her cardio sort of favours her in this fight. And I think if she can sort of survive the early pressure from Eubanks, then we'll see her sort of take control. And I'm going to go for Avia by decision on this one. Yeah, it's pretty one-sided, it looks like. Uh, via open, I mean, <laughs> yeah. she's minus 302. <laughs> Eubanks is plus 245. So, yeah, yeah. And, and looking at the stats, I can't disagree. It looks like Avia's clearly the better fighter. So this is mm. most likely another follow on you. Minus 302. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a little bit of a negative number on the decision because <laughs> it looks like Avia should take care of business. Yeah. All right. So next, is that the... Roosevelt? Roberts versus yeah. Trevola. Yeah, yeah. Roosevelt yeah. Roberts versus Matt Trevola. Um I'm one of them people who if you if I speak to someone and interview them, I tend to favour them. I've spoken oh, to okay. Matt Trevola recently, however, I don't think I'm gonna back him on this one. <gasps> it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, I know, shock. Shock horror. Um Roberts I I don't know, obviously he lost to the experienced Jim Miller. Uh, I think that was in his last fight in June. It's a shame. Uh, he's 10 and 2, so that sort of put a halt to his uh, plans to sort of go up the lightweight, such as, uh, lightweight rankings. It's a shame. But I don't know. His best bet in this fight against Frivola is to sort of look for the submission finish. And I think it's very, very, very hard to, to sort of finish Matt Frivola. I mean, he can come at you at literally all sorts. Five out with. Roosevelt's 10 wins have come by submission. So like I said, his best bet is to sort of get the fight to the floor early on and frustrate Matt because this is takedown defense up to scratch. I, I don't know. I don't think so personally. Whereas you look at Favola, he's got to make this a sort of a slugfest. He's, his best chance is certainly sort of pick the pace and sort of dominate in the striking approach. But um, Roosevelt does have the ability to sort of stand and trade, but his best bet is to take the fight to the floor. And if he, I think he does get the first, I think he does get the fight to the floor very, very early on Roosevelt. And I think if we don't see it, like I said, one of them decision victories, I, I can see him getting a submission early on. If Matt's very lazy in his defense and, you know, he's caught out quickly. Um, in terms of my prediction, I'm going to go for Roosevelt Roberts for our first round submission. First round submission. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit optimistic, I know. <laughs> no, this one is, this is, you know, this is it. This is the tightest one. It opened up Rob, Roberts mm. minus 121, uh, Matt plus 106. And I think that was the right move. I think that Ro- you give Roberts the mm. edge, but then the as the money came in, it's Matt minus 105, Roosevelt minus 109. So mm. much tighter fight as the money came in and kind of moved the line. So, damn, this is... This is close. I'm. I was. I'm gonna le- follow you. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna follow you. Yeah. It, I, it, I, oh no, it's a shame. Like I said, you know, I'm one of them people who tend to favour 
the people I interview, but I, I just don't know with Matt Favola. I just don't know if he can sort of defend those early takedown shots, but you, you never know. Hey, it looks it like the, the money's backing him. The money's coming in on him, it mm. looks like, because mm. you know, he started as the slightest underdog, and now he's a slight fa- you know, favorite. Well, not a favorite, but he moved into the negative numbers. So looks like some money probably coming in on him. So maybe they mm. heard him over on Sports Sesh and decided, oh, we got to back this guy. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent. That's the way to go. And uh, thank you for promoting the uh, brand again. <laughs> Just uh, very sneakily there. <laughs> always, always, always. Mm. All right. So let's go to the next one-sided fight. Uh, Bobby Green versus Alan Patrick. Is that mm. the one you got him next? Yes. Christ, I, 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 you look at Alan Patrick. <laughs> I mean, he has not fought since October two thousand and eighteen, and that was a, a knockout defeat to Scott Holtzman. Now, when you look at uh, Alan Patrick on paper, he, he's one of them fighters who tends to sort of go the the decision and sort of he does last the full 15 minutes. He's, he's very got very few knockout and submission wins under his belt. And what has been, he's, he's 37, but he hasn't, he hasn't got that much experience. I think he's only fought 17 times in his professional career. Whereas you look at Bobby Green, I mean, Christ, he is literally, I mean, blossomed over the past couple of fights he's experienced as well he's 34 he's got a lot of wins under his belt and yeah I, I mean I'm a big fan of watching Bobby Green recently you look at the performance he put on against Lando Venata in August uh, last month won by a decision but it's very convincing and then the last fight with Clay Guida I mean I've been very impressed with Bobby Green as of late I mean we're sort of seeing after defeats to Close and Ronaldo, we sort of seen a different Bobby Green, and you know I'm, I think fans are very much looking forward to this one. Um, if Bobby Green, you know, you see the traditional BJJ experts with Alan Patrick, they're going to sort of want to take the fight to the ground. But Bobby Green, I, I don't know. I think he's going to be too strong to sort of be able to be taken down. I think this fight does stay on the feet for the large chunks of this fight. I'm going to go for, I'm backing Bobby Green in this one. I'm going for a Green by third round TKO. Third round TKO. So this one opened up Green, pretty heavy favorite, minus 175. Patrick plus 150. And then once mm. the once the gamblers got a hold of it, <laughs> it just exploded. <laughs> Green is now mm. minus 247. So a, a huge favorite. It moved yeah. 72 cents. Everybody was backing Green. So, and it's, it, I don't see how you can't. It looks like, Green mm. should just kill him, right? Just, just kill yeah. him. Yeah. So I'm gonna follow you <laughs> yeah, just here. Kill him. Yeah. In the words of us, just kill him. Just kill him. Yeah. Yeah. As <laughs> Ivan Drago said, if he dies, he dies. Like, that's, <laughs> that's very true. Oh man, but yeah, this looks to be one of the most one-sided fights of the night. Even though that uh, Andrea Lee's minus three three seventeen, this looks yeah. like the more one-sided fight. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you can come in. On after two years away from the sport and to face a guy like Bobby Green is just a phenomenal run right now on the two-part win streak, but he's got a lot of confidence behind him right now. So I'm struggling to sort of point out a path to victory for Alan in this one. Oh, okay. Well, good luck, Alan. We're all, we'll be praying for you. <laughs> yeah, we're all rooting for you, mate. <laughs> what, what do we got next? Uh, Romano versus Roque Martinez. Yes, yes. Uh, Alexander Romano, that's what I've got, yeah. Um... Obviously, this was a heavyweight belt, and I think at the top of my head, Romanov was supposed to fight last week, and and one of those ones where last week we had loads of well, a fair few fighters pull out last minute. I think it was Romanov's opponent that pulled out. I believe. I think he tested positive for COVID. I think so. He's back this week, facing a new opponent in Roque Martinez, 
and I've said this time and time and time and time again, Arch, every time a fighter steps in on short notice, I don't give him a prayer whatsoever. Alexandra Romanov, obviously, he's 11 and 0, and he's been so impressive over his in his various careers. I think this is his debut, so it'll be interesting to see how well he impresses. He's very effective, Romanov. I think he's one of them heavyweights where he can take the sort of the fight to, to the floor, and we, we rarely see heavyweights with that sort of wrestling background. Whereas with Romanov, he's got the wrestling background, but he's also got the striking ability to sort of back that up. What we see with him predominantly, he's got a lot of um, knockouts and submission wins under his belt. I think he's got five knockouts, six submissions. With Romanov, he when he gets the fight to the floor, if he's not looking for the submission, he's looking for the ground and pound victory. Whereas with Martinez, he's very, very small for a heavyweight. I think he's 5'10". And against a guy like Romanov, he's big, he's powerful, he's got the build and you know he can do anything on this day. I think with Martinez, he's predominantly a striker, but he has got the ability to complete uh, to compete on the floor with uh, Romanov. But I just don't think his skills are quite up to sh- scratch. And, you know, like I said, coming in in short notice to face a guy like Romanov, who's 11 and 0, you, you don't have a chance. And I think I'm going to go for Romanov by a first round TKO. First round TKO. We do not have the lines for this at all. Oh, really? Nope. They haven't set the line for no. anything, even just to win the fight. There's nothing here. So, no, this was this one was announced last night, I believe. Yeah, the top right. man, so, yeah, I'm not surprised. And there's just so many unknown variables. I'm sure they're scrambling to put a line together, <laughs> but it, it's going to be Romanov, pretty heavy favorite, wouldn't you think? Yeah. 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 100%. All right. So, we'll keep an eye on that and see what happens. Mm. Right. Um, next up, we've got Frank Camacho versus Brock Weaver. Is that what you've got? Yes. Yeah, um, over in recent times, honestly, Frank Camacho's record has been abysmal. He's lost three out of the last, um, no, even four out of the last five fights. His last win came last year against Nick Hine. But ever since then, he's he's lost to Benil Darius, who's on the great run himself as of right now, and Justin James, who's sort of picking up wins as of late and impressing. But uh, with this fight, I, I don't know, Brock Weaver... It's a, it's a tough one to call. Well, I say it's a tough one to call. I mean, I'm going to sort of favour Brock on this one, I guess. Yeah. I think he gets this one done early on. I think he gets this done by a first round TK. I don't know, with Frank Macho, if he's definitely got the, the style and the ability to sort of last early on with Brock Weaver. And I, I just, I don't know. He's got the experience, though. That could sort of pay, that sort of could come up clutch for... Frank Camacho in this fight, but I just don't see how he gets this one done personally, from my opinion. I don't know what the lines are saying. He's got a very mixed approach, uh, Camacho, in terms of his um, grappling style and his sort of striking approach as well. I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. I can't back Frank on this one. I've got to go for a Brock Reaver uh, via first round TKO. I, we don't have the lines, but whatever it is, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge mm. first round TKO. Brock Weaver is a plus 185 underdog. Frank Camacho yeah. is a minus two twenty favorite. Mm. So, and you like Brock here, huh? Yeah, 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 hundred um, percent. I just don't know with Frank Camacho. He's just I'm I'm going based off you know the poor recent results yeah. as of late. But uh, you know, on their day, anything's possible. But I say that I think Brock lost his last fight against Roosevelt Roberts. Mm-hmm. However, he's won four of his last five fights. So I think. There is a, certainly a path to victory. If he can sort of get the shots away early on and land clean on Camacho, then I think we will get a Brock Weaver victory there. 
But we have a confusing one as well. <laughs> Man, I mean, if you're right, this is going to be a massive payday. Calling your, uh, mm. Taking the underdog to win in the first round. Uh, man, I can't wait to see what the line is for this. I'll follow you. Why not? I, I mean, I was thinking Frank Camacho probably had a slight edge, but plus 185. Yeah. Payout's good. So mm. there you go. Calling, mm, your up, calling your upset. Big upset, too. I get a huge upset. Yeah. Oh, hopefully yeah. I'm sort of clutching this one. I don't know. All right, what are we up next? Looking, uh, Brian Bob uh, Berenov versus Anthony Ivy. Uh, well, is that what you've got next? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, oof. when on paper, I think Brian Barbena hasn't got the pest of records recently. He's, he's lost his last two against Vincente Luque and Randy Brown. Obviously, you look at um, Vincente Luque, he is a tough guy to beat, so there's no shame in losing to Vincente Luque. He's just you know, a hard hitter, but he's become a bit of a, over recent years, he's become that sort of gatekeeper in that welterweight division. He's lost to Vincente Luque, uh, Brandy Brown, obviously, Leon Edwards and Kobe Covington. You look at what Edwards and Covington have gone on to achieve. They're very top contenders at welterweight. I don't know. With Anthony Ivey, uh, he was unbeaten until we made his UFC debut against Christian Aguilera. I don't know. I mean, well, no, sorry, he wasn't. He was unbeaten in his last four or five fights, Anthony Ivey. But um, he, he was a, a bit of a prospect coming into that welterweight division. I think many people who are watching him in his Fury days and his WX um, WXC days, many were thinking, you know, this guy Anthony Ivey, he could sort of make a claim. But unfortunately, <laughs> Christian Aguilera got that fight done and dusted in just under a minute. I think so. It's a shame, but. I don't know. I was very confident in Anthony Ivan in that one. I thought uh, we would see him get the win. But obviously, he didn't get the victory, unfortunately. So, I want to back him again. I really do. But I, I just don't know. I, I really don't know. I think Ivy's best bet is to see if he can see if he can get the fight to the floor early on. Because, like I say, predominantly, he's a, a grappler himself. And he loves to get top control very early on. And if he can get the fight to the floor early on, then maybe we can see him grind out the decision. But I don't know, with Brian, he does have the, that striking background and he's a very good hard hitter. So, oh, I think Brian does have the ability to sort of last them early sh- uh, shake the, uh, take down shots. I don't know. I'm going to go for a Bob Rainer by a first round knockout. Oh, no, sorry. First round TKO. Not first, knockout. Okay. First round TKO. TKO. Yeah. Well, for my betting purposes, I, I cover both those, so <laughs> it's all good. Uh, Anthony Ivy is a plus 215 underdog. Uh, Brian mm-hmm. is a minus 260 favorite. That's how it opened. That's how it is right now. So mm. yeah, it, I was looking at this. I think you're probably right. I, I mean, I'm going to follow you. Yeah, for sure. I think Brian does get it done, and it doesn't look to be like it's going to be that close. <laughs> yeah, no, just going off early results. Uh, no, just look, at, look at these stats. It's just like, mm, mm, mm. all right. Is that it? Did I think I, we've got I miss one, one more. Okay, yeah, I thought I missed fight. one. I think it's Sabina Mazo versus Justin Kish. That's the last yes, fight yes, I think yeah. I've got. You're right. That's the last fight, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sabina, she's 23 and coming into the UFC. I think she made a debut in last year against uh, Mariana Moros, who herself was dubbed a bit of a prospect, and she's performing she's performing okay as of late but uh sabina since that defeat to um Mor- morris she sort of changed her approach in a way she was undefeated up until that fight 
And now she's currently riding two fight win streak, I believe. She's eight and one, and you know what to expect from her. <laughs> six out of a, well, I say six, seven out of a nine professional career uh, fights have come, have gone the full distance. So <laughs> to open up the UFC card this weekend, we're probably almost certainly going to get a decision. I don't think this fight's going to go to distance. I just, I don't see how there's a path to victory for both women in terms of getting the fight done early on. Whereas if you look at Justine, she's obviously got the, she's got a bit more of experience on paper. She's, uh, she's competed in kickboxing, boxing, and she's got a reasonably comfortable mixed martial experience. And she's nine, she's competed nine times in the box gone. So her best bet in this victory is to sort of, put her away early on. She's got that striking background, as I said, in terms of that kickboxing, Muay Thai um, background and a boxing career. And I think if Sabina, she does have the ability to sort of last and sort of take those shots early on. But if Justine can catch her early on, then, you know, but no, we may see her finish. But I don't think at the top of my head, I don't think she's won via knockout in her career, um, in a UFC career, Justine. So if she can take the fight to the floor, Sabina, then maybe we'll see her get this done by decision. But yeah, like I said, I don't think we're, we're going to be in for the most tastiest of clash-ups in terms of early on. This is to open up the cards this weekend, and I think I'm going to go for a Sabina Mazzo by a, a unanimous decision. Why not? Decision? Unanimous? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, unanimous decision. <laughs> it opened with Sabina being pretty one-sided. Minus 281, mm. Justine plus 230. But it's kind of shifted... You know, it's, sh- it's shifting the wrong way, maybe. Uh, Justine's plus 205 now, and Sabina's minus 247. So it's getting better mm. for Sabina. It's getting worse for Justin. Mm. Justine. So, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the stats again, and I, you're right. Sabina should win this one pretty easily, I would think. But mm. I, I don't like the way the money's coming in. People are backing <laughs> Justine for some reason. But what the hell? Without knowing what the lines are, I'll follow you. Why not? <laughs> But be careful. This yeah, this one yeah. has potential potential upset right here circled. Yeah, yeah, no, I can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah. So be careful. Don't throw all your money on the first fight. Save it for the rest of the fights too. Yeah, yeah, save it. All right. Man, we did it all. We hit every single fight in the, in the card in this uh this exciting card. It's, yeah, well, there were some mouthwatering clashes on there. Obviously, I know you've been very verbal on the main event this weekend between Hill and uh, Watson, but that's the MA again. You can't have a great main event every no, weekend. No, you can't. As much as we want that. All right, so, man, we learned a lot today. Uh, we learned uh, that Manchester United fans uh, like glory holes, I think you said, so there's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we, we know that you st- you're, you're interviewing some real names over at the Sports Sesh podcast. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, we've got one upcoming next week who I think he's doing, I can't remember who it was. I think he's a football journalist. He's a, a very popular journalist in our ends. And as of right now, if you're a football or a soccer fan, as you guys would call it, <laughs> we're currently, I think the Premier League season starts this weekend and the transfer window's still open. So it'll be good to sort of get his predictions for the early Premier League clashes. And obviously as an Englishman right now, it's very ex- exciting to see the return of the Premier League. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we've got in next week. And obviously, like you said, you can check that out at the Sports Sesh via Facebook, via YouTube. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the link is in the descriptions to check out the Sports Sesh podcast. Are they going to have fans in the stands? 
Um, my team played a pre-season friendly uh, Chelsea against Brighton. They had a couple of fans in, so they were trying to experience um, experiment that. But I don't think we are. We, I don't think we're going to get fans in until October. But uh, we've had recent spikes um, over the past week or so, and yeah. that's they they blamed it on all the youngsters, you know, going back to school and all that. So. If cases do drop by October, then maybe we will see fans return, but it's going to be a small po- uh, portion. It's not going to be like 4,000 plus in stadiums. Right, right. They're going to make you wait. Boy, the energy, <laughs> the, the hooligans are going to be so pent up. It's like it's it's like if you don't take your dog for a walk for a few days and he's just like losing his, <laughs> losing his mind. You, you hooligans are just going to be just absolutely insane come October. Yeah, 100%. There's still going to be, there's probably going to be trouble outside the ground. Like, yeah. It's going to be very, very, very rare for people to get a ticket. Oh, man. So, you know, those hooligans will probably have to wait until probably next year. Oh, so. God. <laughs> it's going to be a bad, bad situation over there. All right, James. So you're still over at Twitter, UFC Deluxe. Yep, UFC Deluxe. Obviously, I've got that on my handle right now and still going. Yeah, excellent. Excellent, man. All right, so be sure to follow James over there with all his stuff. And uh, like I said, when we get the lines, I'll post it up on the uh, the website mm. or the app. You know, yes, get the de- yes, got to promote DJ. the app. Right, right. Can't be promoting the website now. You've got an app. Got an app, yeah. Because some of you kids <laughs> don't understand what a web browser is. So, yeah, <laughs> we, we got the app. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. James, get the hell out of here. Cheers, mate. Take care. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents.